was interviewed this last summer by Dr. Chad Brown on his YouTube channel titled Dr. Chad Brown. Now, the conversation that we had was actually very unique and different from the normal conversations that I have on my channel. You see, as a high school teacher of over 10 years, I help you try to understand the things that I teach my high schoolers. And we work through how to understand the Christian faith and defend it well and faithfully live it out. Well, Dr. Chad Brown wanted to have a conversation actually kind of on my philosophy of education. How do I go about teaching apologetics to high schoolers? So we discussed the curriculum that I use. We discussed how I lesson plan. We talked about videos and kind of resources that I use in the classroom and, and how we kind of really structure the classes at my school. Now, I don't teach the freshman class, but we talked about what we do with our high school students from freshman year all the way to senior year and what we are trying to accomplish with them by sending out high school graduates into the world. So if you are someone who is interested in raising up high schoolers to understand the Christian faith, you want to kind of hear what I do in my classroom, kind of a big level perspective on the curriculum and everything that I use and how what we do, uh, maybe this interview is for you. Again, it's really different. I haven't talked about this kind of stuff on my show before. As I normally discuss specific issues, specific questions, objections, and cultural issues, this is going to be that big kind of, here's how we approach this topic. So youth pastors, parents, teachers, I don't know, whoever may be interested in this, I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Now, if you are watching on YouTube... There are going to be timestamps down below as try to help you see maybe specific topics that may interest you more so you can jump through this interview quicker without having to watch the whole thing. If you're listening on radio or podcast, sorry. You can't get those timestamps unless you head on over to YouTube. As well as at the end of the interview, I want to give you a kind of quick update on the spring, the summer, what's happening with me, content production. And so if you are a follower of this channel and you are interested in kind of what's going on with this ministry and what is coming up, I just encourage you stick around at the end of the interview as I kind of give a quick little life update as well as what's going on as far as speaking events and traveling and everything that is happening this summer. So without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Chad Brown. And again, in the description below on YouTube is a link to his channel, his the full interview on his channel and his content as well. I encourage you to check him out. Here you go. Hope you enjoy this. Okay. Hey, everyone. I got the man, the myth, the legend right here. Mr. Ryan Polly graduated <laughs> from Biola, correct? That's right. He uh, works with Stand to Reason Apologetics Ministry, which is awesome. Go check them out. He answers questions. I mean, this guy does it all. Check him out on YouTube, Ryan Polly, Twitter. Instagram. This dude is a beast. Thank you for jumping on here today. Man, that is the best introduction I've had, <laughs> at least in the last five minutes. Um, <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> Appreciate it. I thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. If, if you guys see me jumping, bouncing a little bit, there is one of those, uh, you know, yoga balls beneath me. Probably not good for interviews, but we're going to work with it anyway. <laughs> there uh, you go. So yeah, man, go check this guy out. Thank you for taking the time and, and hanging out with us. I'm about to jump into a, a different sort of occupation with the Bible and apologetics teacher at Calvary. And I know you've been a high school Bible and apologetics teacher for a while. So that's kind of where we're going with this interview. Yeah. You ready? I'm done. I'm ready. I, I almost said I'm done. I'm not done. I'm ready. Let's <laughs> do it. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm done. Okay. Let's do this. My, my first question is, um, and I just got through writing my thesis on this about a year ago. It's basically kind of the importance of apologetics um, to today's teenager. Quick thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I think um, as an apologist and someone who's been teaching apologetics in a high school setting for seven years now, uh, I just finished my 10th year teaching, but kind of focusing on apologetics for about seven. 
recognizing it's hugely important and and for many different reasons. But um, the, the culture is challenging our students in a way that they have not been challenged before. The culture is asking questions that were not normally asked. I talked to my dad about this a lot, where it's like, you know, dad, what was life like growing up in Texas in the 1950s and 60s? And it's like, he, I remember him saying like, all my friends were a part of the church school and they were part of the church and they were who you live next to. And, and you're not aware of atheist arguments. You're not aware of um, arguments from Islam or arguments from postmodernism and these different worldviews that are shaping us. And so the truth of the matter is, is that through social media, through technology, through TV shows and movies, and just being in a more religiously kind of pluralistic society of many different religions and worldviews, our students are facing challenges that they have never been faced with before. And so yeah. answers like the Bible says so, or that's just what we believe, or just have faith are not good enough. Um, it's like, but... When I go to history class and I ask how we know George Washington was the first president, the history teacher has answers. When I go to science class and I say, well, how do we know that the atom is consistent of, you know, neutrons, protons, and electrons? There's actual answers. There's, there's thought through reasonable answers that are given for how we know these things. And then we ask a question like, well, how do I know Jesus is God? And it's like, well, just have faith or the Bible says so. And so we, we are expecting students to have well thought out, well reasoned answers for how life works in every other area as they take AP physics and AP chemistry and AP calculus and AP US history. But when it comes to Bible, we're okay with them simply just knowing Jesus is God, but you don't have to know how we know that or how that even works. How can Jesus both be God and man at the same time? How can the Trinity even work? Um, and, and so that's why it's important is that these challenges are being faced uh, our, our students are being faced with these challenges and simple answers that used to work before um, are, are just not good enough for a lot of students and they want to know more. And I think that's a good thing. That should, we should be ex yeah. expecting and, and excited when they say, but I, I want more depth to this. And I think that's where apologetics and deeper theological study comes in and why it is so important today. Dude, I, I dig it. I dig it. I totally, I love your passion, bro. I, and I'm digging the beard. <laughs> I cut mine recently. Okay, let me just because I, I was I was like, you had me fired up while you were talking about it, and then I'll go the beard. I gotta grow my beard back out. Okay, um, okay. So, as a, by the way, great answer, man. Thank you. Um, as a up and coming apologist myself, a uh, Bible and apologetics teacher this year for high school students. Okay, my question is, um, and, and if you're a Bible teacher watching this, uh, by the way. Ryan and his compadre are going to do a, um, a whole thing on this, right, for Bible teachers coming up on his YouTube channel. So be looking out for that. Uh, that's going to be amazing. I know I'll be there um, to be educated on this whole process. But how do you begin planning your lessons for the year? As a high school apologetics teacher, Bible teacher, how do you begin uh, that process, getting ready for the upcoming school year? Yeah, so this is something that, you know, uh, our school was kind of doing before I showed up. Um, they kind of had it broken down into different types of, you know, what do we what do we want the students to learn, right? In the same way that we do it with math class or science class, it's like, well, as a freshman, you learn your biology, and then as a sophomore, you go into chemistry, and here's kind of the stepping stone process. Uh, we thought, well, what does it look like as far as Bible curriculum, and what does it look like as far as understanding God's Word, and becoming a well-rounded follower of Christ who is not only educated in what scripture says, but is an educated in, in doing what we are called to do, which is not only to know God, but to make him known, right? To go out and make disciples, to engage the world around us. And so for us, like it, it starts with 
as always, it starts with a clear understanding of, of the Bible and a foundation in the Bible. And so our system that we kind of have set up, and we can talk more about it later is maybe you have some other questions related to this, but our system is a, as freshmen or first year Bible students, uh, because we get sometimes students that come in as a sophomore or junior, uh, and we sometimes will put them in the first year class. Uh, but as a kind of first year students, we have um, kind of a foundation or a, a survey of biblical literature. And okay. so that is kind of your Old Testament, New Testament survey. We want them to understand what scripture is, uh, a survey of what the Bible is talking about. What is the overarching meta narrative? Uh, really, our goal there is that we want them to know the storyline of scripture. We want them to know creation, fall, redemption, restoration. We don't want them to just know some Bible stories, uh, as a lot of kids know who grow up in the church. And, oh, yeah, well, we know, you know, you know, David fought Goliath and Daniel was in the lion's den. And, and there's things, but we often don't know where that fits in. Yeah. Why is Daniel in a lion's den? Why, why are they being, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into a fiery furnace? Well, now they're in Babylonian captivity. Well, why are they in captivity? Right. And so those are sort of the things of like, how does this all fit together to understand God's overarching narrative? So that's kind of what they're taking um, as a freshman or a first year Bible student. And that's what, as you mentioned, my, my friend, my, my colleague at work, uh, that's what he teaches. And that's what he's been teaching for 12 or so years. Um, I've actually myself never taught that class, um, but he's been teaching it. So he'll be joining me on that live stream on July 13th to, uh, that should happen on the 13th at least, uh, but he'll be joining me to kind of talk about that class as well as what we do there. Um, we then switch into as a sophomore is going to be looking at a, uh, the class's title, Historical Christian Doctrine and Apologetics. And so in that class, we, we go over the major themes of, okay, what is the Bible? Uh, who is God? What are the theological ideas behind the doctrines of God um, and the attributes of God? Um, and then we look into, um, okay, what are the arguments for God's existence? How do we know that God is even real? Um, how do we know that God is good? Uh, looking at the problem of evil, looking at the difficult topics in scripture, like racism and, you know, supposed slavery in the Old Testament and the killing of the Canaanites in the Old Testament and these kind of issues in scripture that try to show that God is not real. Uh, we then kind of get into the doctrines of Jesus, right? And talk about the Trinity and what the Trinity is. We talk about uh, the resurrection of Jesus and what that is and talk about how Jesus is God and man and get into our beliefs on who Jesus is. And then with that, we get into the apologetics of it. How do we, what is the evidence for the resurrection? Um, and, and we look into that kind of thing. And then um, with kind of those doctrines, we then look into kind of the major arguments against scripture. So what about science and faith? Has science disproven Christianity? And so we look at creation and evolution and, and we look at the doctrine of creation and how that works out. Um, and so we look at some of those major objections and reasons why people trust and, and why uh, we should be Christian and why people have doubts and what do we do with doubts. And then we finish the year going back over what they learned as a first year on the meta narrative of scripture. And so we get back into uh, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. We look at the overarching meta narrative of scripture, kind of a summary review of what they learned as a freshman, but then kind of looking at it more of a theological themes and apologetic aspect, and then finishing with the practicals, how to read your Bible. Um, what does it mean that God loves us? What does it mean that we are called to love God? What does it mean that we are called to love others? And so that's kind of the, the theological doctrine and apologetics class that they would take as a sophomore. Uh, okay. From there, junior year, uh, we have a comparative religions and worldviews. 
And so for this class, we're now saying, okay, you've learned the overarching story of scripture. You've, we've responded to the major objections that come against scripture. We're looking at the major theological beliefs. What do we believe about God and Jesus? Now let's compare this worldview with other competing worldviews. So we study a secular worldview. We study the Islamic worldview. We study postmodern worldview and kind of a new age worldview. And so we're looking at what do these worldviews believe? And then with each one of them, we compare it against the Christian worldview, but we compare it in different areas. So what does each worldview have to say about theology? Uh, how do we understand a secular belief where their theology is going to be more like atheism where God does not exist versus a Christian theology holding to theism and more specifically a Trinitarian monotheism compared to Islamic worldview and their view of theology is just simple monotheism. Um, from there we get into philosophy. What does each worldview have to say about what is real? A secular worldview? Not all or many are going to hold to some sort of, you know, materialistic atheism. You know, everything is simply material versus a Christian view. And, and what does that look like as far as epistemology? We get into some of the big stuff, metaphysics and epistemology. And, and how do we know stuff? A secular worldview says we know through the scientific method. Uh, Christian worldview, we can know from experience and, and these sort of things. And so we take this worldview approach and we, we look seriously at these worldview. And so um, I'm teaching a summer school class right now, and I just finished uh, today the topic of um, ethics. What does each worldview speak about when it comes to ethics? And so a secular worldview, because everything is physical, because there is no higher authority, uh, us as humans, we make the rules. And so you lead to something like a cultural relativism. And I really challenge the students to think through, like, does that match what you understand the world to be? compared to a Christian ethic of morality is grounded in God's nature and, and there is objective moral standards and who he has created us to be and that kind of stuff. And so we look at um, biology, creation, evolution. Again, we look at philosophy and ethics and psychology and sociology. Uh, we look at um, history, law, politics. Uh, so how do laws get created? Um, how do different worldviews impact how we create certain laws? And so that's what we do their junior year of saying, okay, here's a Christian approach to law. Here's how a Christian should think about politics. Here's how a Christian should think about history and psychology and sociology and economics and biology and philosophy and theology. And here's how these other worldviews say, which worldview actually matches reality. Do, and so do hopefully, do you yeah, write go for it. Do you write your own curriculum or do y'all use a certain? We don't. So I think I have, I don't know if I have them all here. I used to, I don't know why, where they are. Um, so I, we use, um, <clears throat> not for the freshman course, but for the sophomore, junior, senior course, we use the understanding, uh, the times or understanding the faith series from Summit Ministries. And so. Um, Sorry, I think, I, yeah, I might. Yeah, be. There you go. So this is what, yeah, so it probably sounded very familiar as I was explaining that. No, um, no. But this, uh, this book I started using in 2016, my second year at my school, we implemented this book and the students have loved it. Uh, the teachers have loved it. Everyone who's taught it has really enjoyed it. And I, and I think it's very good foundation to which then I take uh, videos that I watch and we're gonna talk more about this in a little bit, I know, but videos I watch and, and supplement it and add to it and, and think of current examples that relate to what they're teaching here in this book. So this is um, the Understanding the Times, a survey of competing worldviews. This would be our junior level class. There's also Understanding the Faith, the survey of Christian apologetics. That's what we use for um, the sophomore class. I've reordered the chapters, so I don't go in the order of the book gotcha. because they take um, 
their meta narrative stuff in the understanding the faith book is at the beginning of the book. But because the students have just done that as freshmen, I take that and put that at the end. And so what I was finding with my students is they were relearning the story of scripture, but they still had questions of, is this even true? And so I take, took all the apologetic stuff, put it at the beginning to address all the truth questions and the arguments and evidence. And then we go back to the meta narrative uh, that they learned. Okay. Um, and then as seniors, we use the third book in the series, which is Understanding the Culture, which is a survey of like Christian engagement. And that is what uh, we call philosophy of ethics. And so that book will say, okay, now that we understand a Christian worldview is true, um, how does it apply to issues like the value of human life, um, sexuality, marriage, poverty care, um, creation care, um, you know, so environmental issues and global warming and all these different areas that we talk about as far as uh, justice, uh, the morality of war and capital punishment and uh, and that kind of stuff. And so that's what they would look like as a senior. So hopefully as they've gone through, they see, look, here's an overarching story of the biblical narrative. I understand the story of scripture and the major events that happened. Here are the deeper theological issues that we learn from that, as well as the reasons and arguments and evidence to support why we believe it and how to respond to the objections that come against it. Um, I've evaluated this against the major competing religions and worldviews. And we also look at Buddhism and Hinduism and, and different other religions. And Christianity really does make sense and then now taking this Christian worldview, how do I apply it to the very real everyday issues that I'm facing as far as marriage and sex and, and the value of human life and racism and all these different issues that come up in culture. So hopefully they're thinking biblically about that. Um, and then that book also as their senior year teaches them uh, critical thinking and, um, and logic and how to respond to logical fallacies and how to build good, strong arguments and, and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of our our four-year approach, hopefully then them walking out, having really that foundation in all the different areas to stand firm for the Christian faith and make a difference in the culture. That's that's awesome. That that one you said, understanding the, the culture, is that a summit text or is that something you guys- Yeah, those are all three summit texts. Okay. Yeah, so it's their trilogy, understanding the faith, understanding the times, and then understanding the culture. Faith, times, and culture. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay, yeah. that was good stuff, man. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, is there, okay. Um, you start with your planning, looking at the end result and working back. When, when you look at a, a text like Understanding the Times, right? And this is just me jumping into this going, okay, well, I have a tendency to want to go like, let's cover the whole thing, every detail, right? Do you, how do you guard against that, right? Just going through the book, making sure, hey, I got to get through every single thing in here. Is there a way to guard against that? Yeah. Um, so what our school does is we, we, we do what's called backwards planning. And so it is starting with the end results and kind of like what you mentioned, like, what do I want them to learn from this? Right. Uh, then we think about driving questions. What are some questions that I want them to be able to answer? What are some skills that I want them to know? What are some uh, topics that I want them to have knowledge about? And so I really think through and go, okay, what is most important here? What is um, the key details that I want them to understand? And then from there, I build out all of my learning activities and look at the sections and try to figure out what sections are teaching that and which ones aren't. So like in understanding the times, uh, there are sections that I skip. Um, you know, the, for example, the, the Marxist theology is very similar to a secular theology. So I just skip Marxism. Here's a secular theology, it's atheism. By the way, Marxism is the same. Let's just skip that whole section and move along. Um, 
And so I, I, there's a lot of those kind of sections where it's like, look, this is either not as relevant, it's not an issue the students are facing. And so I don't wanna take as much time on that versus like, for example, uh, the postmodern approach to philosophy, especially epistemology of how do we know is, well, there's ultimate reality is not accessible. And so all we have is our feelings, our opinions, our beliefs. Well, what does that relate to in our culture today? Well, the whole gender issue right now in our culture of transgenderism and gender identity yeah. and gender expression. Yeah. And then I brought up, you know, the example of with students of like, have you seen people on their social media putting their preferred gender pronouns after their name on social media? Oh yeah, I've seen that. Okay, well, why are they doing that? And so like this postmodern philosophy is very relevant to them. They've just never realized that someone putting gender pronouns on their Instagram profile reflects a postmodern philosophy. And yeah. so that's what really what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to say, okay, based on the philosophy or based on whatever chapter I'm studying, what is, what is the really relevant issue that they're dealing with here? So obviously the value of human life, it's going to come down to abortion. It's going to come down to Black Lives Matter. It's going to come down to how do we deal with racism? Um, are we all equal created in the image of God or is our value come from what we can do and how smart we are, you know, those sort of things. And so that's kind of what I'm looking for. And so if there's a section, um, you know, I, I'm not a big history guy. And so the chapters are like, let's go over the history of this thought for the last 200 years. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, skip, skip that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's see how it's affecting them. And sometimes that's important and I'll talk about it. Uh, but that's kind of what I'm doing is I'm reading the chapters thinking, what issues is this related to in their life that, they, that they're really dealing with, that they're struggling with, that they're facing objections to, that they need answers to. And then that helps me create my driving questions of like, okay, by the time I get done with this chapter, I want them to be able to answer these six questions confidently. And then that kind of guides my teaching over the next two weeks as I cover that chapter. Awesome. Dude, that's great. Thank you. It's awesome stuff. Okay. I'm going to fast forward to what is your philosophy? And you kind of hinted at this earlier. What is your philosophy on like using videos, PowerPoints? Uh, what's your favorite thing to use in the classroom? What gets your kids, you know, motivated, inspired? What, what's your, uh, your forte? Interesting. That's, I think, a challenging question because every class is different. Every year is different. Um, for example, this last year, I taught three sections of my philosophy of ethics class. And for two of my sections, this one activity, like an activity would work super well. And then for my third section, it would just fall flat. And it was like, man, it got my first period students really pumped, but third period, like that was the worst thing I've ever done. And then eighth period, they loved it and it worked awesome. And so really it comes down to knowing students. Um, it comes down to knowing and understanding your classes. Um, so it's really hard to like truly customize a class for each period because it already takes a lot of work to just lesson plan and prep for a class and then to have to change it for each class. Uh, one thing I try to do that helps with that is to make my classes as conversational and discussion based as I can, yeah. because when they are talking about it with me and they are discussing, they are asking questions now that it can go in different directions with each class within the same topic. So if we're talking about the value of human life and okay, well, what do you guys believe about this? Well, then how does that relate to slavery in the 1800s? And they may go, well, how about, and then they have some other idea and we can go down that trail with this class. And then this class wants to talk about this idea. Yep. And so that's kind of how I try to really tailor it to each class is through discussion Okay. Uh, we're sticking on the same topic. I have my guiding questions, but um, that kind of allows the uniqueness in one sense of the class to come out without 
really trying to create something completely different and new for each period, which is a lot of work. Um, videos are great. Um, I try my best to, to show as many videos as I can, especially again, the relevant ones. So I spend a lot of time on YouTube as a YouTuber. I also spend a lot of time watching YouTube videos. And so I have, um, you know, one of those hidden folders uh, labeled worldview ethics and doctrine and or apologetics. And if I watch a video that um, it doesn't even have to be like a lecture video, right? If I if I watch just any sort of video that addresses some issue going on in college or some way in which students are responding to some cultural issue. And I go, you know, that's that was an interesting video. I'll hit save as ethics. And then um, I have it there to where when I'm now teaching on that topic in my class, go, hey, look at what these college students said. What do you guys think about this thing that just happened at University of Washington or whatever that may be? And so those videos are often very helpful. Um, I have found that lecture videos are, are not the most, uh, I love them, but my students don't. And so it's like, hey, here's a 45 minute lecture by William Lane Craig on God and time. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I am like fascinated, they're not. Um, so my first few years, I think I showed uh, too many of those type of videos and now I'm showing them not very often. Right. Um, I try to find, you know, a shorter section. Here's, here's them explaining this. Um, so videos are very helpful. Um, you know, personal research, getting them to research a current event issue or to discuss something that's going on. Again, trying to really bring it back to what's going on in their life and, and finding something that's relevant to them. Um, in my ethics class, in my chapter on religious freedom and persecution, um, I make them research countries around the world that, where there's religious persecution. And so some of them can pick their home country or a country they're interested in. But then when it comes to what's happening in the United States, as far as religious freedom, um, I have them research the university that they're going to be attending. So these are seniors. They know where they're going to go to college. And it's like, all right, do some research at your about your college. What are you going to be facing? What are some of the religious freedom laws? What are the restrictions? What are the freedom of speech? What does the freedom of speech look like? Um, and so it becomes very real to where they are like, hey, I'm learning about where I'm going to be next year. Um, and they pay attention maybe a little bit more. So those are some things that I try to do to try to make it relevant to them and, and really kind of make it come alive for them in those different ways. Dude, that, that's awesome. I hope if you're watching this video, anybody's watching, write those things down. I know I did, that was awesome. Uh, keeping it relevant and up to date, I love that. Um, let me fast forward, keep going. Do, how, how far ahead do you stay on your lesson plans like throughout the year? Uh, do you want the truth? Um, <laughs> it depends on the class, right? So I'm at the point now where I've taught my worldview class enough times to where I, I don't put as much time into it, right? Because I've, I've taught it so many times. And so, you know, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know, it might sound weird to say, but it's, it's not like, you know, some people are like when it's new and it's the first time teaching, right? It's always like, you know, the toll is like, at least stay one lesson ahead of your students, you know, in the learning process. But I've already, I've read through my textbook many times. Um, I have it highlighted. I have notes. That's another helpful thing is like, my textbook is filled with notes, especially like my examples. So like, hey, when you cover this section, I don't know if I can pull it up. Like I was just talking about today uh, with ethics but like, I don't know if it's visible on here, but like I got stuff written in the margin where it's like, hey, read this section and then bring up these examples. I don't know right, if right, right. to block my microphone, but like when you're reading this section, hey, it talks about here's what a true theory of ethics should have. The examples of slavery and social reformation and lying and adultery, these are relevant. And I go, oh yeah. And so there's like 
for me now I've taught it enough to where like when I'm lesson planning, it's like, okay, next week or this week, we're going to cover these things. And I kind of glance over the book. I see all my notes. I see all my highlights. I've already identified what I think is the most important sections, the sections to skip in the book. And so then I go, yep, that's what it was. And then I remember what I taught. I grab the videos and I'm ready to go. Um, so I, you know, the first time teaching it, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking at least a week ahead, um, planning out the next week, at least, I mean, at least a chapter, right? So it's like, okay, here's the chapter. This chapter is going to take me two weeks. What do I want to do over the next two weeks? Okay. How am I going to break this up? But after doing it, and that's the nice thing, if you get to keep teaching the same class over and over and over again, i um, just finished my 10th year. So, um, awesome. you know, I, I, I've kind of, yeah, it's, less planning is that. needed. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I, I dig that. Um, okay. Here's a question that I'm interested in. Uh, how often do you assess like uh, quizzes, right? I don't know necessarily about yeah. tests, but like how often do you quiz to kind of keep them engaged, see if they're retaining stuff? What is your philosophy on that? Yeah, so I, I personally do um, at least uh, one test a chapter. Um, and the reason why is because I just find that, especially with a lot of these classes, it's so content heavy and, it, and it's also a lot of content they haven't studied before. like. How many kids have looked at epistemology and metaphysics in high school as a junior? You know, it's like, what do those words even mean? You know, um, and so I realized that, you know, to cover that chapter and then to cover, for example, uh, that would be, you know, uh, the chapter before that would be theology. Right. So are all the arguments for God's existence and all the reasons for atheism and all this kind of stuff. And then to try to remember and and, and retain all of that information is just too much for them. And so I test them every chapter uh, because I want to. and sometimes they, they push back and they're like, oh, you have so many tests. Cause I do a chapter every two weeks. And so I do a test every chapter versus other teachers may do a test every unit and a unit may be a month or two. And I tell them, I said, well, I can give you a test every month, but it's gonna cover two chapters worth of information. And it will be twice as long as yeah. then if I give you just one test every two weeks and they go, I'll take the test every two weeks. And so um, when I'm not doing Zoom classes and I'm in the classroom, what I will often do is I give them a vocabulary quiz uh, the first week, and then I will give them a chapter test the next week. And so they're getting kind of tested every week. Okay. Uh, but the first one is the vocabulary. And I don't want to include the vocabulary on the end of the chapter test, like I did when I first started teaching, because sometimes I realize, oh, I've been teaching this for two weeks and you didn't understand any of the words, um, because I'm just now giving you your vocabulary test when the chapter's over. And so I will normally start a chapter on Monday. They have a vocabulary quiz normally on like Wednesday. Uh, so we'll cover vocabulary, they'll study quiz on Tuesday or Wednesday of that very first week. And then we cover the chapter and then a chapter test at the end. And the tests look different. Um, sometimes if it's, uh, for example, if it's, you know, an ethics class on, on entertainment, I have them, you know, write a reflection or I have them apply it to some issue, apply what we learned about the Christian worldview to a topic like abortion and tell us uh, how would you argue for or against and how would it apply here, right? And it's more of like maybe an essay or reflection test versus others are more content heavy and it's true, false, multiple choice, you know, maybe with a short answer or something like that. So I try to find different ways because again, some students are really good at multiple choice, true, false tests and others aren't. And some are really good at writing a short answer essay test and some aren't. And so I try to mix it up to based on what is easiest and kind of most relevant to the style or the topic that we learn that chapter as well. Okay. So just to clarify, probably if you were to average this thing out every nine weeks, you got like four quizzes, four tests, something like that. Every nine weeks? Yeah, or no. Um, yeah, about that. Or whatever. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, 
Okay, so I have a question. You you mentioned something about critical thinking. So in my in my research for doing my demon and stuff like that, I really um, I looked at so many different apologetics materials curriculum, and um, there's a guy named Dean Hardy who I don't know. He's from North Carolina. He wrote Stand Your Ground curriculum. He's also a high school uh, Bible teacher, and uh, so he wrote his senior year curriculum um, for them. And he added in kind of what you're talking about with the whole, you know, uh, metaphysics, logic, faith, reason, all those kind of things, the critical thinking skills um, that we really don't teach students, right? And 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 so one of the questions I actually wrote you earlier, it was kind of a little last second thing, but but just if you can touch on it, he said this was from a student, right? The the student who is actually a former student of mine, but he's now in college studying philosophy said. Why do you think more teens are failing to use critical thinking than in the past? Do you have a? Um, yeah, well, I don't know how to answer that question because I don't know what they were doing in the past. I mean, were they better yeah. at critical thinking in the past or did they just not need to use it? Like, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah, like yeah, maybe, no, maybe there is more of a need for critical thinking as we talked about in the very beginning because there's more objections being raised. There's arguments being raised against Christianity and they now need to think through what constitutes as a good argument versus a bad argument. So I, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't know. I know why it's needed now. I just don't know how it would apply to if it's more now than in the past or less. I, I'm not quite sure. Because there's not really any objective data, right, to go off. Yeah, and if there is, I haven't seen it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen it either. I was just, he, he had that question. I was curious, but on that, on the same subject, as far as critical thinking, do you feel like as far as teenagers go, um, all apologetics material should begin with some type of tr- critical thinking training, right? Because there are a lot that don't, that don't deal with that. It seems like, you know, initially to kind of get them going, uh, what is a, um, a syllogism, you know, going through the process of uh, deductive you know, argumentation and things like that. Yeah. And I mean, I think so, but I also would say like the people write curriculum, right. For different reasons and what is kind of the purpose that they're looking for and kind of what is their word count and and how do they need to keep it and that kind of stuff. And so that's where like, you know, I've been teaching like a while and and I haven't found a curriculum that's perfect. I haven't found a curriculum that I really enjoy. And so there is some curriculum that I use at the beginning that was very theological and almost no apologetic. And so I added a lot more apologetics of my own to it. Uh, there's others that's much more apologetic and less theological. And so I'm adding my more theology. And so I think that that's something where like either the curriculum could include how to build a strong deductive and inductive argument and what a correct syllogism looks like and what an informal fallacy is. Um, or that's something that you could include in your chapter on arguments for God's existence. If you have an, if you have a curriculum that says, well, here's an argument for God's existence. Here's the deductive argument, the Kalam cosmological argument. You could take a step back and say, hey, before we evaluate this argument, let's even look at what a deductive argument is. You know, how do these premises work? How does the conclusion follow from it? Uh, what are mistaken ways in logic? And so I think I love the fact that my curriculum, oh, I hit my microphone. I love the fact that my curriculum includes that. Um, and it, there's a lot of stuff. Now I add a lot more to my curriculum. I, I use my logic textbook from graduate school for a lot of examples and, and adding to the curriculum that I have. Um, and so I appreciate that. If a curriculum I was using didn't have that, then I would add the lesson in and say, hey, before we get to this, we're gonna take a couple days or a week and we're gonna cover logic. And I would just create my own uh, if the curriculum didn't have that. Gotcha. Do you have any specific books, texts, anything that you would um, tell Bible teachers to, to you know, research, look through? 
totally dig. I think, oh, it's right here. This was my college, uh, this is my graduate school uh, logic textbook. It's just called Logic and okay. a Concise Introduction to Logic by Patrick Hurley, 11th edition. Um, this has way more than you'll need, but there's like two or three chapters that go over how to build a deductive versus inductive argument, uh, what makes it valid versus sound, what does it make, you know, strong versus weak, cogent, uncogent, that kind of stuff. And then has another chapter on all the informal fallacies. Uh, and, and one thing I love about this is that at the end of every chapter, uh, there are exercises. And so for example, if I can find it here really quick, uh, it'll teach, for example, it'll teach on um, the fallacies of weak induction. And then as you see here, like there's just pages of examples. Oh, that's awesome. Now, unfortunately, someone has gone onto Quizlet and put every single one of these examples in Quizlet with the example and the answer. And so um, I had to go in and use like these examples as like my base and then change names, change dates and change enough details to where when uh, the students searched it in Google, nothing came up um, <laughs> or else they just search my example in Google and then the Quizlet comes up with all the answers and then they have all the answers to their homework. So it's a great resource, but you will have to adjust because all the answers are right online. Got you. Okay. So that's probably, that, that's like your, as of now, probably your go-to that you would recommend to any Bible teachers looking to teach philosophy or logic? Yeah. Well, yeah, this is, yeah, a good for, for logic and, and to, to understand fallacies and, and, and formal arguments. Um, I haven't looked in, like, there may be other resources that are more to get, you know, tailored to, um, to high school students and teaching high school students. I haven't looked at those um, because, this was my assigned textbook for graduate school. Okay. I thought it was good. It has a lot of good examples. And so I just keep using it. Uh, I'm not teaching from it, but I'm using all the examples. Uh, and then I use my textbook, which is understanding the culture has a whole chapter on logic that is really broken down very well. And then I supplement it with this book. You have a book out, right? That no, my, the textbook I use for my class, understanding, understanding the culture. Oh, yeah. I was like, man, you need to write a book, dude. I'm going to get it. Like, I don't like writing. <laughs> okay. Um, getting close to the end because I don't want to keep you. I know you're super busy. You're good. Tips for Bible teachers. Just first year dudes. Hey, especially guys like me are going from like church ministry to, you know, the academic world, teaching high school students. Tips, things that just jump off, you know, the top of your head. You're like, know this, bro, for real. Yeah. I mean, well, I think first of all, it's, it's not youth group. Um, it's different than youth ministry. And that was one thing my school was worried about is, you know, a lot of times um, the, teaching is very different. There are, there's legit strategies and tools and tips that you need as teachers that is different than what you're learning anything else. And so my first tip would be uh, if you want to be successful at teaching, take teaching seriously. Um, the knowledge of the content relates, but I mean, for example, my, my first year or so at my school, like, I, man, I had the best lectures and I had the best presentations, but I wasn't teaching. Um, I was sitting up there and talking and engaging them in a way that I would have in a youth group or something, um, or maybe a college class. And that's not necessarily the same as high schoolers. And so there's ways and, and strategies and, te and teaching strategies that are very useful to, to, to understand. And so my tip there and kind of the follow-up of that tip is to, to reach out to the other teachers, because generally speaking, the Bible teachers don't have a teaching credential. 
um, because they come out of a ministry background. They have a religion or theology degree. And so my advice is, is to reach out to other teachers at your schools who have teaching credentials in math and science, um, sit in on their classes, uh, get resources from them, get ideas from them of how they break down a class and how they assign group projects and all this kind of stuff that you don't necessarily do in a youth ministry. Um, that would be my first kind of big piece of advice is just how different a classroom setting is four or five times a week um, compared to uh, a youth ministry. That's dude. That, I mean, that's actually, you know, for somebody like me, who's been teaching for such a long time, I, I go and people could tell you, Hey, I think you're a really good teacher. And then you walk in there and you're going, I can lecture really well, but they're not retaining this. We're not teaching. I love what you said there. Your lectures are great and everything, but you actually said, Hey, look, I wasn't teaching. Yeah. That was, that was one of my first reviews. Um, I had my first like official observation from my principal when I got to my new school and I put together like what the best presentation on the arguments for God's existence that I could think of. And I just, I killed it. And I went into for my post observation meeting with him and he's like, yeah, that was horrible. And I was like, what are you talking? <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's like, the, it wasn't anything teaching related, you know? And, and so realizing how much I needed to learn yeah. Um, just made me very hungry of realizing, like, I'm actually in this for the long haul. I, I'm not, you know, I want to be a teacher. And so I need to take time and, and take teaching classes and, um, and work towards my credential and, um, and really learn from people who were teachers. That's awesome. And, yeah, or ed educated to be teachers. That's awesome, man. That, that actually, that makes me think, and if you're watching this video, I know it probably makes you think in a, in a totally different light. You probably thought about it before, but um, it really hits home when somebody like you just go, look, hey, I've been there, walked in with this, this mindset, did this really well. But the truth was, man, I, I wasn't teaching. Learn, um, be a constant learner. I think that that's where I am in life. It's just like leaders are, are learners, right? Kind of a thing, not to be too cliche. Yeah. Um, do you have any other tips for anybody watching this video? Um, man, off the top of my head, it's like, again, like, um, it takes time. And I think with a lot of things, it's, it's patience, it's time. Um, the, the, there's the students, there's always the students in class. And I think it's very similar to youth group, right? There's the students who are apathetic, who don't really want to be there because their parents are forcing them to be there. And there's the students who are super gung ho and want to do wonderful and want to get straight A's and are super self-motivated and are, you know, and, and are very easy. Uh, the, the difficulty is, is with teaching, there's, a lot more need to come alongside the kids who are struggling, right? It's not just like, well, you don't want to be here. Your parents are forcing you. So you can sit in the back of the youth group and what, you know, and you want to come alongside and you want to help, but it's like, literally, I can't fail you. Or, you know, if you fail, this has serious consequences. You got to retake this class and, and it, you know, goes to your college. And so with teaching, there's coming alongside the parents and working with parents and trying to help parents understand where their kids are at. And so there's that aspect uh, that is, can be different, uh, depending on how different people run youth ministries and what the youth pastor experience has been like. Um, it can also, though, be very disappointing and uh, discouraging when you give a test and a bunch of kids bomb your test and it's like, I failed. I, you know, and I think that's maybe slightly different than some youth ministries is how often are you testing the students to see how well they understood your last sermon. And so when you have that constant feedback where you think you did something well, and then they all bomb a test or they don't turn in their homework or they, and it's like, man, I did not teach that. Um, if even the good students struggled, uh, I need to change what I'm doing. And so that constant feedback is really helpful and really good. Uh, it also can be very discouraging. And so to, to try to 
use that to, you know, as motivation to become better and figure out new strategies and new ways of making the content relevant and stick with them uh, is, again, a great thing to do. Dude, I love that. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for even taking the time for this, man. I, I appreciate it so much. Do What do you have coming up that anybody who is watching this, um, hey, what do you got that they can go to, look at, watch, learn from? Um, yeah, well, I, uh, my YouTube channel, just Ryan Pauly, P-A-U-L-Y, a uh, lot of videos. I got a bunch of interviews coming up um, this month. Uh, in two days from now, I'm interviewing a pastor of 20 years, and we're going to be talking about kind of what's missing from youth ministry and actually kind of some of the stuff we talked about here of how to come alongside and disciple and grow students uh, deeper in their faith and kind of what is missing in schools as well as in churches uh, to do that. Uh, the week after that, I'm interviewing... Um, uh, and I just blanked. Let's see. It's going to be, uh, Tim Mulhoff, a professor of communications at Biola, how to have better conversations, uh, winsome conviction, his book that came out, winsome persuasion. And so those are, uh, that's an interview coming out the week after that is going to be the July 13th interview with my colleague talking about how we structure our classes and how we build curriculum and, and trying to create a resource for new teachers to come alongside and, and be able to create a Bible curriculum that really uh, challenges the students. Uh, the week after that, I'm going to be interviewing Andy Bannister from Solas uh, over in the UK on his book with uh, Do Muslims and Christians Worship the Same God? And then every last Friday of the month, I have an open Q&A. Uh, it's also a call-in show where you can call in on my YouTube channel. You can send in questions ahead of time through social media uh, or join live and ask questions or call into the show uh, where I just try to be a resource and try my best to answer questions that people have. And so those, those are the four or five things that are coming up on my YouTube channel. Um, I'm also speaking. I'll throw this out too, a little plug. Um, I'm speaking at an online virtual event on July 23rd and 24th titled, titled Discipleship Begins at Home Virtual Conference. Um, I'm going to be talking about my session is why students are bored with the faith and how to ground them in a deeper understanding of who God is to kind of invigorate and ignite that passion uh, for Christianity and passion to know and understand God, as well as the conference is all about discipling our, our kids, whether you're a youth worker or a parent. Um, and so that's through Women in Apologetics. Uh, you can sign up for that July 23rd, 24th. So that's another event that I'll be talking at, uh, which is virtual. So you can join that anywhere. Um, and so uh, those are... Those are the main things that are coming up here in the next few weeks that, that people can join and, and, and jump into if they're interested. Dude, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I, I'm going to make sure we have that on Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that. Um, dude, I love you. Brother in Christ, I love your beard. I dig what you're doing. You're a warrior for Jesus, man. Thank you so much. I'm going to stop the recording now. And uh, hey, if you're watching this, go visit everything that he's doing because this dude is a beast. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that interview. That was a lot of fun for me, as I mentioned, kind of discussing things that I normally don't talk about on my channel, but I think are important and things that people are interested in. Now, unfortunately, I was not able to do the interview with my coworker talking more specifically about our classes and content. Uh, things happened and that interview had to be postponed. So hopefully maybe before next school year, we can kind of put out a resource for high school Bible teachers uh, to give them a little bit more content as far as working through their curriculum and their classes with you know two teachers that have been doing it for over 10 years and hopefully just trying to help out in that way. Well, I said stick around to give you a brief kind of I guess, update on what's kind of going on with me and my ministry. Um, man, guys, I just appreciate you being here and you watching the videos, whether you're a subscriber or not. Thank you so much for being here. As you notice, I normally try to put out content about every week. 
Um, and I've not been doing that lately, as I mentioned, and as many of you know, my son was born in December. And so just trying to kind of get used to that schedule and really with me teaching high school classes and being away from home uh, from 7.30 until four o'clock. When I get home, the last thing I wanna do is record a show from four to five. I wanna be with my son. So things have not been happening as much recently. I wanna try to get into a little bit of a schedule, but thank you for kind of being with me through this transitionary time. I just wanna to continue to create content that is beneficial for you to think about what Christianity is and teaches and the, and the deep things and theological beliefs of Christianity help you know how to defend it well and faithfully live it out. That is my goal and I plan to continue doing that. I am working, uh, having conversations. Actually, oh, that side, there we go. That book, Faithfully Different by Natasha Crane, it comes out here at the beginning of February and we're having a, you know, emailing, trying to find a time that works in our schedule that we can uh, have a conversation on her book and how to live faithfully different as Christians in this cultural moment. A really good quality read there. There's other conversations that are happening as far as other topics and interviews that I'm looking forward to here in the future. Now, another reason why I have not been recording as much lately is that I got I came down with COVID about 10 days ago or so, uh, tested positive, had a few bad days, uh, sick at home, and then eventually passed it on to my wife. And, and so we are still kind of recovering and getting past that. And so it kind of has been, again, a kind of trying moment. And I know many of you have been praying for us, for the recovery, and for everything that's going on. And so I just thank you for that and uh, for praying for the family and just kind of sticking with us through this time. It just such an encouragement to have people that not just enjoy videos, but really kind of feel a little bit more like a community uh, where you, you know me and hopefully I'm kind of getting to know some of you. And it's just a lot of fun just to be able to kind of be in this role and just play a small part, hopefully in your journey in understanding and defending Christianity. Now, as far as uh, events coming up, I, you know, as I kind of mentioned from time to time, uh, if you're not aware uh, I speak uh, across, really, I've spoken across the country at different events, mainly churches, schools, summer camps. Um, things are definitely coming up. And so I want to kind of go over my schedule. Um, coming up here in February, I'm speaking at two different high school nights on Wednesday nights, two different high school youth groups uh, covering uh, what really truth is, how to understand what is true, how to know truth from falsehood and why Christianity is true. And then another night, it's kind of just like an open Q&A where they've asked questions about Christianity, life, the book of Genesis is what they just got done studying. And so I'm really excited to speak to two different high school youth groups uh, coming up here in the month of February. If you are a high school youth pastor, I would love to be able to join your youth ministry. Again, I am here in Southern California. And so if you're in the area or willing to have me travel out, I would love to visit your church and to be able to spend some time with your youth group doing some training. Uh, coming up as well, March 18 and 19. You guys, really important here is the Maven Parent Podcast. If you are a parent and you are trying to understand, sorry, I just said podcast, the Maven Parent conference. If you're a parent, a grandparent, any sort of youth worker, youth pastor, teacher, and you are building into the lives of young people, this conference is for you. More information is going to be coming out about it later, but there is a great lineup of speakers that are going to help you understand really how to live. Again, kind of like the book back here is to, to kind of confront this cultural moment that we are living in and deal with the difficult issues that students are facing. This is going to be live in Southern California on March 18, 19, but there is also a streaming version. So no matter where you are, you have the ability to, to come into this conference to get quality teaching on important issues, to learn how to better help your students 
your grandkids, your kids grow and be faithful followers of Christ. So that is uh, in the month of March, the Maven Parent Conference. Now this summer, as you may know as well, I am a Maven immersive guide experience, field guide uh, for the Maven immersive experiences. And so my job with Maven is to lead their immersive uh, experiences, their worldview trips that they take around the country. And so I have two trips coming up uh, this summer. In June, I am part of a worldview immersive experience here in LA. So I'm taking a team of students through LA, focusing on the Christian worldview and helping them understand how the Christian worldview applies to different aspects of life. Um, and then in June, at the end of June, beginning of July, that's the beginning of June, the end of June, beginning of July, I'm going out to Utah on the biblical immersive experience. I've talked a lot about that trip here on the show before where we do training on Mormonism and Christian theology. And then we head out to Utah to train and to talk to Mormons and to get into spiritual conversations and theological conversations, sharing the gospel and helping uh, people understand the difference in Jesus, God, and Christianity. And so those are two trips that are coming up as well, as well as there's a conference, I believe in the Long Beach area, that's pretty much settled uh, for the end of June. So if you're down in the Long Beach, California area, there's a conference at Bread of Life Church uh, that most likely will be happening June 24, 25, and 26, a three-day conference there that I'll be speaking speaking at. And then that's kind of it for the summer. There's a few other things in the work. So I say that because my summer is kind of open, but it is filling up. And so if you are interested in having me come out to your church, your youth group, your summer camp, schools won't be happening much over the summer, but uh, whatever your group is, I can join online via Zoom or any other online way that people join conferences and, and, and video into an event, or I can join you in person. I would love to be able to help come out and train your group and work through some difficult issues. And so there's a lot more information that you can get. Uh, I have that information you can find here. Let's see, where is it? If I can pull that up, boom, on my website. Uh, there it is, ryanpolly.org or coffeehousequestions.com uh, is the website where you can go, you can contact me, you can see a list of all the different talks that I give. And um, and so, yeah, and so that is an opportunity there. Now, as you also may have seen, a couple more updates, and then I'll finish up today's show. Uh, as you may have also seen at the end of the year, just kind of did a push for fundraising and to, um, to have people come along and support the work of this ministry in what we are doing. You know, it takes a lot of time to read the books and the books that I have to buy for research purposes, um, and it takes a lot of time and energy, but it's something that I absolutely love doing, and I love being able to give this content for free. I receive quite a few messages from people that are just blessed and encouraged by the content, the interviews that I have done. And that is just such an incredible joy. But as is true with life, um, you know, things generally aren't free in one sense is that I want to give them to you free and I don't want you to have to pay for this, but it does cost me money. And so people have come alongside and supported this ministry financially with either one-time gifts or with um, a monthly partnership and donation. Um, and there was a cool uh, response at the end of the year in, in partnering and, and supporting this ministry for 2023. We still have a lot of kind of room to grow, a lot of uh, kind of room to, uh, space to cover, so to speak, as far as the funding for this goes and trying to reach our goals. And so if you want to participate and join in that, uh, there are links as well. Again, if you're on YouTube, in the description below to uh, my church's website, where I'm considered a missionary, a sent missionary of my church to reach the culture and to kind of spread the gospel and teach people about Christianity. 
And so you can give like you would to any other missionary through my church. Uh, you can click that link below, choose instead of tithe, the Ryan Pauly missionary support, and you can give a one-time gift or monthly support there as well. If you're listening on podcast uh, or radio, again, you can go to ryanpauly.org, my website, go to support, and you can join in there. So just again, thank you to everyone who came alongside at the end of the year to help contribute and support this ministry and what I am doing, my family and what we are doing. I just am so encouraged and blessed by that. And if you still want to partner in with us, if you feel like you have received something from us, from me, and want to give back, we would just be so appreciative of that. And that is the way to do it. And finally, if you want to help kind of support and encourage um, on podcast, I don't speak to the podcast people often, but on YouTube as well, but podcast specifically, um, Rating and reviewing the podcast is huge uh, to be able to to get this to more people and, and help more people be able to see the message here on YouTube. You can share the video and uh, share it on your social media, share it with friends and family, whether it's this one or other ones that are going to pop up. There's tons of videos on my YouTube channel. I think I got over two or 300 videos now. Short answers, super short answers, long interviews, long discussions, hopefully giving a wide range of options. Again, trying to help you understand, defend, and faithfully live out the Christian worldview. So I thank you all so much for your support. I hope to find that rhythm again to get back into producing very regular content to help you continue to think deeply about God, Christianity, and Jesus because they are so worth thinking about. But I thank you for sharing and commenting and helping this ministry grow and supporting it financially and prayerfully over this time. I am so encouraged, incredibly blessed. I'm looking forward to a wonderful and exciting 2022. And I hope that you guys stay safe. I hope that you stay healthy. I hope that God continues to guide you and walk with you through life and that you continue to grow in him, be encouraged by him and live a life that brings him the honor and the glory forever and ever. Guys, thank you so much for being with me. Hope again that you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Chad Brown. And I look forward to spending more time with you in coming up weeks. Have a wonderful and blessed day. See you all later. Just